Buddy, to everybody with Kyle Henderson. I'm Mick Gillespie. Welcome to Bama Insider and the Bama Insider YouTube channel. We're part of the Alabama Rivals site, so make sure you check out all of the latest information concerning the Alabama Crimson Tide. It's available at BamaInsider.com. Kyle Henderson is the managing editor of Bama Insider. And uh, what perfect season for the Crimson Tide, Kyle. I mean, what a great year, uh, a national championship victory over Ohio State. And I'm looking forward to hearing uh, some of the comments uh, in the comments section tonight. And um, there's because there's always a few Ohio State fans that kind of leak in there, which everyone's welcome. And as you watch, please subscribe and like as you watch tonight. But a great win for Alabama, capped off a 13-0 season. They beat a really good Ohio State team, and they did it in convincing fashion, 52-24. to 24. So uh, to everyone out there watching, a big championship roll tide, number 18. Yeah, I mean, happy to be here and happy to cover a perfect season. I mean, it's pretty incredible. You don't get that opportunity too many times when you cover sports. I mean, even at the highest level, I mean, throughout the years that we've covered Alabama, you know, there's always been one game where, you know, there's been some sort of a miscue or they've lost. And uh, this year it wasn't the case. I mean, going 13 and zero, we talked about this plenty of times. I mean, for all the things that were wrong in 2020, Alabama was right. And Alabama kept winning. I mean, even when you were kind of, um, you know, you look at all the awards that they racked up and how dialed in this team was. I mean, it's really a special story when you step back. So happy to talk about the game against Ohio State. You look at the victory, 52 to 24. Alabama was a, what were they, an eight-point favorite or seven-point favorite, whatever it was. Nine. Yeah, something like that. So Alabama comes through and, and rolls the Buckeyes. And I felt that going into this game, there would be a couple uh, differences that would be like kind of the X factors. And I felt that Mac Jones and kind of his efficiency, how he's been all year would be one of the main keys to this game. And you look at what he did, 36 of 45 passing, 464 yards, five touchdowns. Um, I mean, for the most part, Alabama's offensive line held him upright. I mean, he was only sacked twice against a ferocious Ohio State defensive line. I know those guys were missing a couple uh, key contributors, but still, I mean, Alabama's offensive line, even missing Landon Dickerson, did a fantastic job. You look at Justin Field, and I talked about this in an article that I wrote before the game. I felt that he would be inconsistent, and I think that Alabama's pressure on him made him inconsistent. 17 of 33, just one inter one touchdown. Um, he was sacked only one time, but Alabama definitely got heat on him. As you saw, Christian Borma was the defensive MVP of this game. So um, a lot to digest, but Alabama is perfect to 13 and zero. And what a season it is. And, um, you know, a, a lot to dive into as, uh, you know, we kind of, you know, wrap up this uh, incredible run by Nick Saban and Alabama Crimson Side. You know, Kyle, we've talked a lot about, you know, upcoming games and given predictions. And, you know, we even have a segment on the tailgate show sponsored by Pearl River Resort and their, you know, their timeout sports lounge where you can go gamble, you know, bet on the games legally. Right. So we, we talk about them and throughout the year, like I've been impressed with your ability to kind of handicap Alabama. Uh, with that said, I got to give myself a pat on the back because I had this one pegged exactly the way that it turned out. Um, you know, there were a couple of things about this game. I figured that I, I picked the score to be 63 to what, 34, because I figured Alabama would eventually just run away from Ohio State. I thought Ohio State would, would be able to, uh, to generate more offense, but they couldn't. 
And uh, that's just big credit to the Bama defense in this game. I thought they had a, one of their best games of the season. And I kept saying, you know, I didn't feel like Alabama had peaked yet. You know, I know they had played some really great football, but I just had this feeling that they hadn't played their best game. They had their best game. They did it on the biggest stage. They, they by far to me, they played their best game against a very stiff, uh, highly talented competition in Ohio State. But uh, this game played out almost exactly the way that I thought it would. Now, there was that moment when Mac Jones lost the football, you know, the fumble. And I thought Ohio State did a really nice job there forcing the fumble and then scoring. And then from that point on, it was just a good old-fashioned country beatdown. And uh, Alabama just rolled right over uh, Ohio State. And and it was just a, such, such a satisfying win for Alabama. You know, um, Devontae Smith, again, just proving that, you know, like this guy's different, man. Like he's definitely a Heisman Trophy winner. It's weird watching a receiver take over a football game, but he's a lot like um, the uh, former Heisman Trophy winner and quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens in Lamar Jackson. And in one way, when he gets the football in his hands, he's electrifying. He's tough to catch. He's able to move on a different level. And so – he showed off and for a guy who got hurt and didn't complete the game, his first half was so overwhelming that he was still the offensive MVP, which is amazing to me. Right. Um, I got to give, and we're going to get into this in a second. Steve Sarkeesian uh, drew up the game plan of a lifetime, Kyle. So just, just let me say that as I kind of recap yesterday's game, but we're going to get into the Sark and, um, and what he was able to do yesterday, uh, obviously very focused on the uh, task at hand, and I'm, I'm really happy about that. But uh, Najee, you know, I'm going to miss this guy so much. Uh, just another uh, amazing, electrifying performance from the running back spot. If, if he's got to be tough, he can do that. If he, if he needs speed, he's got that as well. He's able to read the blocks. The offensive line was fantastic. Mac Jones – I mean, it's hard to argue, Kyle. Mac Jones might be he, – he had the greatest season of any Alabama quarterback ever. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of look at the overall statistics for Mac Jones, and I'll, I'll talk about those in just a second. I just put up a video um, that you guys can uh, digest. It's about players, if they're going to leave, if they're going to come back. And um, you look at the overall statistics for Mac Jones, and let me kind of read those out real quick. Um, I mean, and it was it was straight up spectacular. I mean, that's what it was. I mean, he he did everything that a lot of people didn't think he was going to do this year. There was a lot of people in a camp that felt that he wasn't the right guy to lead this team uh, to the promised land. And he did just that going a perfect season putting together a remarkable year. I mean, everybody, you know, once Tua left, I think people were really worried. They were starting to look to Bryce Young, and Bryce Young is going to get there, but they just I, there wasn't a lot of confidence in Mac Jones. This season, what really set him apart was his percentage passing-wise and his efficiency, right? Nick Saban talked about that following the game. On the year, 4,500 yards, 41 passing touchdowns, his efficient efficiency rating 203.06 in 13 games played the guy played a ton of football um he rarely made bad decisions you and i have talked about that a lot you know there there was several times where mac jones instead of forcing the football he would just simply dump it down into the ground and you see that at the nfl level so i put out a video talking about you know mac jones has a big decision to make he didn't you know he has until january 18th to make this decision 
decision if he wants to go to the NFL. And I think he has to go to the NFL. I mean, you, you've kind of been looking at um, mock drafts about people talking about different quarterbacks ahead of Mac Jones. And it's been perplexing because this guy has been doing it on the biggest level, on the biggest stage against the best defenses in the best league. And uh, his numbers speak for himself, his attitude, his demeanor, the way he was able to wait behind Tua Tungvaloa, Jalen Hurts, work on his craft, and then you see what he does, pulling together the perfect season. Just an incredible run. I I'll never forget it. I mean, I I was a I'm a huge fan still of Tua Tungvaloa. Um, you know, I have a ton of respect for Jalen Hurts, what those guys do. Uh, but Mac Jones has really taken that quarterback level at Alabama to another level, which is really incredible. And, I, and a lot has to go to, you know, the offensive line. Uh, the pieces that you have on the outside, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, John Mechie, Najee Harris in the back. I mean, it is a perfect storm, a buzzsaw, if you will. Uh, but Mac Jones did a great job orchestrating this offense and, um, you know, an incredible run uh, capped off with a 52 to uh, 24 victory over Ohio State. Defensively, I thought Alabama played one of the best games, too, uh, of the year. And, uh, I, you know, that they you could just tell from the very start that, that they were hitting – at the, the you know at a next level clip you know that that they were going coming in there and they were going to lay some 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 sting on those tackles and you know they they got the ball back for the offense Ohio State's good I mean they were going to score points but uh I just thought all the way around this was just tremendous when I when Ohio State was forced to kick the field goal instead of trying to tie the game at 21 and it was 21-17 Alabama, and then Alabama scored again, and it was 28-17. I thought at that point the game was over. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple parts in, in the first half of the game that, you know, you look to this game and, um, you know, what what – what was a difference maker? And I think in that beginning half, um, you look to that second quarter when Alabama scored 28 and Ohio State scored 10. So Alabama racked up a ton of points before the first half. And really, you know, you, you saw the big play potential from Alabama's big three, right? Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and Devontae Smith in that first half. I mean, the, the half that Najee, that Devontae Smith put together, like you were talking about in the beginning, I mean, 12 receptions for 215 yards. And that's in two quarters of play. Which is which is just mind-boggling because you know usually that's like you know an entire game sometimes two games and uh, Smitty does it in in just a half so to see what he did in that first half was great but look let's talk about the defense and and I, we talked about Christian Barmore being the defensive MVP um, let me get a photo of Christian Barmore just he, to kind of he was in beast mode. Yeah, he, he was in beast mode. And, and I think with the Alabama defense, like we're talking about Christian Barmore, you know, heading to the NFL draft. I, I would assume he does. I mean, you, you look at kind of the value that you create for himself and for yourself. And Christian Barmore did just that in this game. And I think he did it all season long. I mean, this guy played uh, entirely angry. He's somewhere down there. Well, this is just <laughs> Alabama defense. Um, actually, he's not even in this play. But uh, I, I wanted to point out about the Alabama defense real quick, the youth on the defensive side of the ball, okay? Stay with me. Christian Harris, inside linebacker, just a sophomore, okay? Christian Barmore, redshirt sophomore. Now, you know, he's a guy that I, I think will go to the NFL, but you're returning Brian Branch, started as a star uh, last night in the title game. They picked on him. He allowed two touchdowns. Uh, one, I think, was called back, but, you know, it, it, he's, he's only a freshman. You got DeMarco Helms, who's a sophomore. You got Chris Allen, who's a junior. You got Jordan Bat, he was uh, ejected for the targeting call. He's a sophomore. You got Josh Job, who's a junior. Patrick Sartan, he's going to head on to the NFL. William Anderson, just a freshman. 
Um, you have Jalen Moody, who's a junior, LeBron Ray Jr., and then Malachi Moore, who was injured towards the later part of the season as just a freshman. So you look at all that defensive camaraderie coming back for next year. And, um, you know, I, I think the, the bigger questions going into this next season will be who are going to be uh, the guys who rise up on the offense, because clearly Alabama pretty much has their defense already built going into 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's something that Nick Saban's kind of been able to do. And we're going to get into that too later on in the show, but where it's like, there's always something to build on from the year before. And and what's been astonishing through this run is you, you lose so many guys to the NFL and there's a, you know, a handful of guys that are going to be drafted in the first round. Uh, and, and there'll be a talented team to take their spots. And it may be the defense next year that Alabama really, is able to rely on and and maybe you know kind of help pull the offense along as the season goes on but we're still talking about last night Steve Sarkeesian coached his last game with Alabama as offensive coordinator you know I was a little concerned about taking another job uh, while the season was going on uh, but you know what he he handled it about as well as you could he he called I, I, about a perfect game I mean watching uh uh, watching Smitty uh, get open in the first half of that game was just phenomenal. I mean, it was unbelievable. Like that, he's there. He is against a linebacker, and he's catching a pass. And you know, they got him. They they got a swing pass where no one's even near him. I mean, it was like watching the play calls and the mismatches that were drawn up by Sark really illustrates why Texas went out and hired him. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, when you look at, you know, uh, Steve Sarkeesian and kind of his methodical approach all season long, it's been really balanced, right? You have Najee Harris, who, of course, it helps, who can run the football as many times as you need him to. You have Mac Jones, who's been super efficient. But all that stems from good schematics and good scheming. And that's something that Steve Sarkeesian does really well. I think in the top offensive minds, especially the college ranks, you look to Lane Kiffin, uh, you look to Steve Sarkeesian. Those are the guys that are up there of that caliber, maybe Joe Brady in the NFL. A lot of people like him. Um, so I, I'm kind of like looking at the Alabama offensive coaching search. How are you going to upgrade back to Sarkeesian? Um, what he did last night, like you said, I mean, you're a huge baseball fan. You love baseball. That was a perfect game, right? The guy was able to dial up even some new plays that we hadn't even seen this year. How about with Devontae Smith kind of motioning one way and then circling out the other to create mismatches? And just like Najee Harris said um, on a hilarious interview, you know, they kept on crashing down at Alabama, which allowed for Alabama to dump off to the flats, take advantage of Ohio State kind of there on the edge of the perimeter and, and make things uh, go for Alabama overall. So, um, you know, Steve Sarkeesian took what the defense gave him and of course it helps when you have a veteran quarterback a veteran uh, offensive line but Steve Sarkeesian will be missed now before the game Bruce Feldman um, you know he has his uh, pulse on college football tweeted out that Alabama and Bill O'Brien are close to a deal um, so we've talked about him on our coaching hot board our offensive coordinator searching hot board and that's something that we're going to be following up on um, I think it's going to be hard to upgrade from Sarkeesian but we thought it was going to be hard to upgrade from Lane Kiffin, right? We thought it was going to be hard to upgrade from, I don't know, Brian Dayball or Mike Loxley, whatever the case is every single time, even on the defensive side of the ball. But Nick Saban is always one step ahead. His last two out of three offensive coordinator hires have been from the NFL. So Nick Saban isn't looking to do what the rest of college football is doing. He's looking to the NFL, what they're doing to bring that to Tuscaloosa. 
Yeah, it's going to be an interesting decision. Hey, as you guys watch and hang out with us tonight on the Bama Insider YouTube channel, give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. We're trying to get to 50,000 subscribers. Kind of hard to believe that we're closing in on that, but we appreciate you guys so much. Tell your Alabama friends to come and hang out as well. And uh, we, again, uh, welcome everyone, whether you're a Bama fan or not, uh, because we love talking college football. All right. Justin Fields, what'd you think? Was he hurt? I know Alabama's defense did a really nice job of containing him. He had a couple of runs in the game, but uh, all in all, it just seemed like he was confused and maybe still sore from the Clemson game. I mean, when I when I looked at Justin Fields, I, I knew that coming into this game that Alabama was going to put pressure on him, right? How could they not? I mean, considering that the guy, you know, was somewhat banged up or whatever the case was, you know, with him, whatever his status was. Now, he came out and he he grinded it out. You know, I thought it was a, a gritty performance. I think it was a tough performance against an Alabama defense that wanted to come in and dominate. Now, you look at um, his statistics. I mean, they, they weren't stellar. And I talked about you know, the fact that Justin Fields just hasn't been consistent this year. Um, against Clemson, he throws for six touchdowns, one interception, falls out of his mind, right? In this game against Alabama, the Crimson Tide allows him just to go 17 to 33, one touchdown, under 200 yards. So, you know, Devontae Smith, for reference sake, had more yards receiving than he had throwing, which is pretty mind-boggling to think about. Um, Justin Fields, I, I think he'll, you know, he'll, he'll do his thing in the NFL. But, you know, against Alabama, I think, you know, credit goes to Pete Golding. A lot of people do not like Pete Golding. A lot of people use him as a scapegoat. Look, I, I, I mean, Nick Saban is the biggest backer of Pete Golding, right? There's been so many times where he comes and he talks about the defense, whether it was last year uh, or, you know, two seasons ago when Alabama had two freshman interior linebackers. I mean, this team just finished out undefeated. Stop Justin Fields. Look. I know Trey Sermon didn't play the game. Uh, he got injured. You know, whatever happened, he was like a collarbone or something like that. But Master Teague is just as good. You know, maybe he doesn't have that acceleration that Sermon has. And Pete Golding, they had a game plan for that. They stopped um, Teague as much as they could. I know Teague still had his. I mean, what did he have? He had 71 yards last night off 15 carries. Um, and Justin Fields had 73 yards. He's tough to stop, right? Because, I mean, the guy can move. He's a dual-threat quarterback. Overall, though, I think, you know, at the end of the season, you don't go perfect if your defense isn't good, right? So, you know, it, it just wasn't all offense, in my opinion, this year. I mean, I, I get it. You know, in, in 12 out of the 13 games, they scored over 35 points. It, it was something ridiculous like that. Um, the team was averaging close to 50 points a game. Look, the offense has been good at Alabama the last several years. But the defense, you know, they, they came through at the right time, especially in the later part of the year. And um, I think they deserve some credit as well. Alabama, the national champs, and uh, it's the 18th time in school history that they've won a national championship. And it's because the two greatest coaches of all time, and it's I don't even think an argument anymore, both coached at Alabama. Bear Bryant won six titles when he was on the sideline for the Crimson Tide. And Nick Saban has won six titles for Alabama on the sideline, but he's won seven overall. And no one in the history of college football has ever won seven. This one's different to me for a couple of reasons. Obviously, uh, perfect season, the second perfect season in his uh, career. The first one came in 2009. Uh, but with everything that went on with COVID and, you know, the team really had to get to, to, to buy into not just playing football, but also the, the living life in the bubble. 
you know, and staying away from people and, and not getting COVID. And they went through the entire season and never ran into a COVID issue. They, they had COVID when camp started and that was it. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was so many oddities to this entire season. I mean, Nick Saban, who would have thought that he wouldn't coach in an iron bowl because he had COVID right. And Steve Sarkeesian steps in, who would have thought that all this stuff happened, all these irregulars in, in, in college football, but Alabama continued just to to move past all that. And I think that goes back to him having such a pulse on his organization, right? And focusing on every single day. Now, look, these players got their nose poked every single day, COVID testing wise. There was players, yes, that got COVID. There was players that opted out, but not compared to the rest of college football. Look, these guys did the best to keep these players safe. Um, they gave them the option to, to opt out, but you don't see that at Alabama because these guys have so much continuity, so much camaraderie, and that stems from leadership from the players themselves. And it stems from up top. You know, what is the ultimate goal when you become a part of Alabama, right? Is it to play right away as a freshman? Is it to be a part of greatness, chasing perfection every single day with the team? Is it aspirations to go to the NFL? I think it's all three of those things. So uh, a lot of these guys and what they've been able to do is all saving, right? I mean, the, the one factor you can uh, be upset about Sarkeesian leaving and, and possibly Kyle Flood, who's an offensive line coach. But look, Saban is here. This is Saban's program. Everything is stamped under Saban. So wh whoever enters the program, whether it's a new coach, whether it's a new player, they are mentored. They are led by Nick Saban. The process is already built out. Look, what Saban's been able to do since he arrived in 2006 is ridiculous. To win seven national championships overall, total six at Alabama, um, it is just mind-blowing. And um, he's going to continue to do it. I mean, look, what is he, 69 years old? Still got a lot of energy. Still got a lot left in the tank. As Nick Saban said just a couple years ago, this isn't just this isn't the end. This is just the beginning. What he said that after Alabama beat Georgia and look, here we are um, three seasons later, a perfect season. You know, I was working for the Crimson Tide Sports Network when Alabama won their first championship under Nick Saban in 2009. And then I, I was at the, you know, in the booth when Alabama had the uh, they, they did like the player they didn't do a parade but they had this thing at the stadium you know and Nick Saban came on there it was like a championship celebration I guess and he's and he's like you know this is just the beginning right and I thought well they just won the championship you know maybe they'll win another one and and it was almost like he had that LeBron moment where he's like you know he didn't start pointing his fingers out but you got the idea that in his mind there were going to be a lot more championships to come you know uh looking back now I mean it's really astonishing to think about the fact that they've won six. And I thought it was interesting when he was interviewed after the game, he said, I think about the two we lost more than the six we've won. You know, and I think that's something about him that's different than most people. I think most people you're going to remember the ones you, you, you won because, you know, like they're just great memories, but, and, you know, in his mind, he's probably thinking, hey, if this guy would have bought into this, if 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 these guys would have done that, if I would have done this, we could have won uh, I'm more, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but this year was special. I, I didn't even think we were going to have football. Um, and just selfishly, I've, I've been on the phone all day talking to people on my ride back from Tuscaloosa. And just how 
elated I am that we got the football season in and we got the work and we, and, and what a debt of gratitude that I owe personally to these guys, because, you know, this is my career sports talk, you know, and, and, and sports and without the games uh, there's not a lot to do. <laughs> so uh, I just love this team. And, and honestly, even Justin Fields, the quarterback for Ohio state for, for really just being outspoken not being afraid to go against the grain and say, Hey, we want to play football. You know, they were, they were afraid that, you know, people were going to die from COVID the players, but you know, thankfully we really didn't have any of that. You know, we just, we got through the season and it was a special year and as bad as 2020 was, at least we had this football season to kind of watch and enjoy. And, uh, and I'm so thankful for that. You know, there's a lot of guys who um, are now going to, be declaring for the NFL draft. Yeah. And you, you look at this Alabama team and it's going to be a lot different next year. I mean, you're talking about, you know, guys who could, everyone could right theoretically come back Kyle because yeah. of the COVID rules. Uh, but I'm guessing that, you know, from uh, Devonte Smith and Mac Jones and uh, Najee Harris, Patrick Sertain, all these guys uh, are all going to go. And it's something that happens every single year at Alabama, right? I mean, every single year, um, there's guys that leave the program. Uh, in this particular case, I'm going to be tracking, you know, a lot of these guys from the offensive side of the ball, where they go uh, in the NFL draft or, you know, kind of their decision to potentially come back. Now, look, I, I talked about it today. Uh, Mac Jones is a player who's only a redshirt junior. I think a lot of people uh, forget that. They might see him as a senior. Um, you know, truth be told, if Mac Jones wanted to come back for two more seasons, he could, right? He he has that eligibility left, which is mind-blowing. He already has his master's degree, right? He's got his master's, 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 right, at Alabama, get his doctorate. So, um, you know, he's definitely, in my opinion, he's played his – way into uh you know first round pick potentially right we talked about that earlier you look at Devonte smith um he's a guy that is a sure lock to go to the nfl draft i mean the the entire season that he's put together um you look at other guys from that offense that are going to leave jalen waddle I, I think it was a gritty performance for him to come out what was he at like 60 percent last night uh, and he comes out and and does his thing, which was just incredible just to see that toughness. And then you look at the Alabama offensive line, right? The the offensive line that won the Joe Moore Award, they're going to lose some parts. Alex Otherwood, he's definitely gone. Um, you're going to lose Landon Dickerson. I think he's going to the NFL. You're going to lose Deontay Brown. So there's a lot of missing components from that offensive side of the ball. And, you know, some of these guys are going to have to step up. And we started to see that last night, right? There was a lot of guys that went out. Uh, Jalen Waddle went out, um, you know, he was kind of in and out with his ankle injury. Devontae Smith broke his index finger and you saw Slade Bolden come up with a reception. You saw Xavier Williams step up. You saw Jaleel Billingsley step up. So those are kind of those next wave of that, um, those receivers, even John Mechie, right? He, he went out for, for a time being, but he's a guy that will return. So, um, I'm, I'm keeping my eyes on this offensive line. Alabama just signed an incredible class, but there's some guys that will return, but they're going to have plenty of holes to fulfill. And, um, you know, Alabama, I think, has 12 or 13 early enrollees. We'll get with Andrew Bone on that later this week. So, um, yes, guys are leaving on the offensive side of the ball. It's an incredible offense. Oh, you're, you're losing Najee Harris. We didn't even talk about him, right? I mean, there's so many explosive pieces to this offense. So a lot of holes to fulfill. But I think Alabama, um, you know, will reset in 2021 and make sure that they have everything ready to go um, to uh, defend this national championship. 
Do you think there's anyone who stays like last year? We thought that maybe, you know, Najee leaves. Uh, he could have left. Smitty could have left. Do you think there's anyone that surprises us by staying? Yeah, I, I do. I, I do. I, I think like, for example, I think uh, potentially maybe a Dylan Moses um, a guy that, you know, he's a senior right now. So did he, was he 100% at any point during the season? No. Um, could he come, wh what is his draft status now? I haven't seen too many mock drafts that have Dylan Moses listed in, in the top two, uh, picks I, I, in the top two rounds. I'll have to go back and do a little bit more research. Uh, this year he did lead Alabama with 80 tackles, but he's not the Dylan Moses from two seasons ago. He's not. Now, can he get back to, you know, being an elite level player, a guy that can contribute on Sundays? I think so. He has intellect. He has the athletic ability to do that, but he's not there yet. He can, of course, get there with training, with, you know, kind of a lot of rehab. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow he shocks everyone and comes back. I mean, I didn't think Najee Harris would come back. I, I was kind of on the fence about Devontae Smith. Um, so when those guys came back, that was kind of that shock factor. I looked to another player, uh, maybe a Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson, you know, he, he's a guy who ran very tough, even last night. I mean, against Ohio State, he came in for, a, uh, you know, a couple runs and he ran ferocious. Mm -hmm. End of the night was 70 yards. I mean, Najee Harris had 83 yards. And you heard that video. He said they were coming after him, crashing down on him. And uh, Brian Robinson picks up 70 yards. I thought that was honestly that might have been Brian Robinson's best game of the season was last night. And he's had – I've liked his play this year. Maybe not so much in the beginning of the year, but as the season progressed, he got very, very good. So I, I look at Brian Robinson. Um, and then maybe a Chris Owens. I mean, he's a center at Alabama. Um, he, I think he already has his master's degree as well. But what is his value in the NFL right now? I don't think he would be drafted in you know rounds one through six. So you come back, you help your team out, you help Alabama build up on the offensive line. Um, so those are the kind of guys that I'm tracking right now. As you guys watch tonight, we appreciate it. Talking about Alabama and Ohio State, the Crimson Tide's 18th national championship. We'd love it if you guys could give us a thumbs up and if you could subscribe to our channel. Our goal is to get to 50,000 subscribers. We're closing in on that, and we appreciate all of you guys for hanging out with us tonight. So subscribe, give us a thumbs up as we talk Alabama football. All right, so let's get into this next season. I know, like, I let me pull these out for you right here, Kyle. Got <laughs> these on New Year's, so I got I've got them right here. 2021. We got this. We got to think about this now. 2021. <laughs> What are the biggest holes to fill for this season coming up? I mean, as we just talked about, I mean, there's, um, you know, there, there's going to be plenty of holes. Uh, let me get a different graphic. I have to have a different graphic before I can get into my vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, biggest holes to fill, you know, you kind of look to maybe um, the wide receiver position, number one, just because, you know, you're losing um, – Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell. I mean, two guys that are going to be first round NFL draft picks. Who is going to step up? Who is going to continue that lineage of big time wide receivers for Alabama? You know, we've seen uh, from Julio Jones to Amari Cooper to Jerry Judy to Calvin Ridley to Henry Ruggs and to Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell. Think about all those guys I just mentioned. That's <laughs> like yeah. ridiculous talent. Who is going to be those next guys that step up for Alabama? It's going to be John Mechie. 
Is it going to be, be um, you know, Slade Bolden, Jaleel Billingsley? And don't forget, Alabama has four guys that are coming in. JoJo Earl looks like kind of that scat back type wide receiver, kind of has some Jalen Waddle vibes. You got Christian O'Leary, the fastest player in the country. You got a Jai Hall, a big, imposing wide receiver. And then you got Ja'Cory Brooks. So um, those are the four wide receivers that are coming in. I think at the running back spot, Alabama will be good. Um, it's going to be hard to replace Najee Harris. It's going to be almost impossible. But can you imagine if Brian Robinson comes back? He can be the vet, that big, imposing running back, you know, 230 pounds. And then you have Jace McQuellen, who had a fantastic season. Oh, yeah. um, still waiting to see kind of the health status on Trey Sanders. You got Roydell Williams. You got Killen Robinson. I think kind of all signs point to the fact that Killen Robinson um, looked to be a uh, an opt-out. So, um, there's some holes to fulfill. And then when you look to the offensive line, um, who's going to replace Alex Leatherwood and who's going to replace, um, you know, this guy, uh, Landon Dickerson, right, at the center position? Is it just going to be Chris Owens? Um, and then you're losing Deontay Brown, big, bad cornbread. So there's a lot of parts that are missing on the offense. Uh, but the good news is uh, a lot of players return on defense. We, we already talked about that. And how about this? Guess who returns? Will Reichard. He was yeah. 14 of 14 kicking field goals this year. And yeah. was, what was he, like 80-some? I, I have the stats right in front of me. It's like having <laughs> Justin Tucker as your field goal kicker. It was unbelievable. Let me re let me read you the stats real quick for him kicking. Because, uh, you know, this kid finished out 14 of 14 on field goals. And his PATs, I'll find that in a second, he finished out 84 of 84 with 126 points, which was third on the team. So Najee Harris had a total of 180 points. Devontae Smith had a, 150 points. And then Will Reichert had 126. That's the big three. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And on a lot of teams, the kicker's the guy with the most points. But, you know, Alabama just had a couple guys scoring touchdowns, you know, at a tremendous pace. So 13-0, perfect season. Kyle, let's just reflect on the experience of of this before we uh we get off here tonight you know like I, i'm thinking like last night uh being at rounders for the watch party with trey and you know just the excitement the the the, the dj's plan they turn the dj off our show comes on and then we we pack up to leave and everyone started giving us a round of applause i thought they were going to be mad that we turned off the um the dj for a little bit right and it was so cool being in there because every time Jalen waddle was on the screen people loved it they went nuts yep. and they were cheering and you know and and that was just such a special thing and i i know that there's some nfl players who were urging him not to play uh, because you don't get paid in college i'm sure but um I just thought it was just awesome seeing him out there, man. I know he he caught three passes. That first little shovel pass, the place went ballistic. And and it just seemed like that Alabama team during the game was locked in. Uh I mean it just just locked in. Like they they could have scored 80 if they wanted to, right? I mean, Ohio State had such a tough time stopping them. And then afterwards, you know, and our well, this was our game plan. Uh, and we'll tell all you guys this now is that I would be strategically positioned on the strip for the uh, the the post game mayhem, and and it that's exactly what it was like. You know, like I, I have been in you know in the stadium for most of these championships, 
but, but this year, you know, it just, it, there was just no way I was going to Miami. Uh, I, and I've always wanted to spend one of those in Tuscaloosa. And I got to tell you, it was really, uh, something. I mean, like crazy, you know, like I was standing in front of rounders and with about six minutes left, people just started streaming. They looked like zombies. You know how it's kind of dark, but you got street lights. I mean, people just coming out of everywhere and gathering in front of rounders. And then, you know, in the entire strip, you know, rounders is, is where we did our show. And that's kind of like the center point of the strip, you know, and then all of a sudden, like the the music started blaring, and when Alabama got the you know when the game ended, everybody went nuts, and they played a couple of songs, and I turn around, and there's a guy with his shirt off on top of CVS swinging it, <laughs> and I just thought it was funny, you know, like I I made the you know I was out there making videos for you guys to watch, and uh, and I you know threw that one on Twitter, and and it went viral, which is pretty funny. Uh, and I, I know that there's, you know, some some people that want to turn it political and all that. I, I I didn't see it that way. I just thought that it's a special moment, and uh, and it's it, it it's college for the kids, you know. Like they, it was college kids that were out there, and then one old guy that was making videos, not too old. <laughs> <laughs> but I had such a good time, and I, I saw you rocking along, man. Like, just to think that. Uh, you know, we were on the air yesterday for like, what, seven hours doing this stuff. So that, it, just, it was just a special season. And, and yesterday was, the, you know, kind of the finale of, of, uh, of what we do here on the Bama Insider YouTube site. And that's basically we just love football and, and hanging out with all you guys. Yeah, I, I think when I look back at this season and kind of, you know, recapping how everything went, I mean, starting out with the first game against Missouri, 38 to 19, and we were kind of like, what type of team is this? What type of identity is this team going to have? Um, at the same point, we're like, okay, college football is happening, so we're all happy, SEC football. And then you see them kind of turn it up against, uh, you know, they have that shootout with Ole Miss, and you're like, okay, this team doesn't have a defense. And then they beat Georgia and then something changed at that part, right? Like of the season, it was 41 to 24. And I don't know, would you agree? Something changed at that point of Georgia. I don't know if they had like a gut check or whatever they did, because throughout the rest of the season, they were just slicing through teams. Um, they, they finish out, you know, defeating Tennessee, Mississippi State, Kentucky, just burying those teams. They beat Auburn badly without Nick Saban. Um, they take it out on LSU badly. They just, I mean, completely saw through Baton Rouge, take it to Arkansas. Everybody remembers Devontae Smith's uh, punt return. And then uh, against the number seven team, number four and number three to end the season, they beat Florida 52 to 46 in a great shootout. Florida had some fantastic weapons. They beat Notre Dame 31 to 14. They didn't play their best game. They didn't play their worst, but uh, they get to the title game and they got redialed in. Imagine all the distractions for this team, right? Uh, you, you win every single award. All the rat poison that's out there, right? You're the best. You're already the champions, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Ohio State hasn't played. Um, you know, they're healthy. These guys are coming in. They're going to beat you guys. You know, they, they, you guys have it coming. They avoid the rat poison. On top of that, they have Sarkeesian um, named the head football coach the day after the Rose Bowl. You lose Landon Dickerson, your leader. You lose Jalen Waddle. Now, overall, this team was pretty healthy, which was great. But, um, you know, th this team did face some adversity 
adversity. And they did, you know, avoid the rat poison. And they've continued to do that, which has been great. And, um, you know, that stems from Nick Saban. These guys don't buy into, you know, the media hype. They just take it one game at a time. And, um, you know, for these guys to finish out 13 and zero on this season. And I mean, it's a, it's really an honor to cover the Alabama Crimson Tide in this fashion. These guys put together a remarkable season. Mac Jones, um, I, I definitely want to make sure that he gets the credit that he deserves. Um, Smitty's already gotten his. And, and let's please not forget Najee Harris because what Najee Harris did this season for the Alabama Crimson Tide um, is memorable. And, and not only this year, I, I think just overall, um, you know, throughout his career, Najee Harris is going to be a, a player that I look back on. And, and I get it. Look, players at Alabama – you know, from the running back position, I'm trying to find a, a photo to put up a Najee so you guys can see this. Um, but let me read you his stat line real quick Why at Alabama, right, for, for this season. Because what he did this year was, was straight up incredible. Najee Harris, okay, 251 attempts, 1,400 yards. He had 26 rushing touchdowns, okay? That's, a, that's an incredible season alone. No, get this. He also was Alabama's third leading receiver. He ends up, Mick, 43 receptions for mm -hmm. 425 yards and four additional touchdowns. Finished with 30 total touchdowns this season. And as I just mentioned, he had 180 points. So, look, Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, and rightfully so, had 150 points for his team. Well, Najee Harris had 180 points for his team. Let's not forget about what Najee Harris did this year because it was an incredible, incredible campaign. Um, all these guys, and it, and it stems from the offensive line play. The defense came through with it to make plays at the right time. I'll always remember the play of Malachi Moore, um, you know, stepping up as a freshman throughout this entire season. Christian Barmore, the entire play of him towards the later part of the year, earning the, you know, defensive MVP. An incredible, incredible campaign overall by this group, capped off by Nick Saban uh, being carried off the field by Landon Dickerson and probably one of the most uh, iconic photos that, you know, will live in the hearts of Alabama Crimson Tide football fans. Yeah, no doubt about it. That was awesome seeing him get carried off. Uh, and, you know, Landon Dickerson meant so much to this team. I'm going to pull up the um, – look at this, Kyle. I want to show you this. This was this was a, a oh, yeah, love right here. I was throwing these up here because, you know, we as we get off here, I've kind of commandeered this because I just want everyone to get an idea of what we're talking about here. Alabama played everyone on here except two of the worst teams, right? These guys. Uh, Vanderbilt and South Carolina beat down, beat down, beat down, good game, <laughs> beat down, beat down, whooping. And this was, this one right here was this was a payback whooping. I mean, it was besides the Ohio State game, Alabama was locked in five touchdowns and five possessions. And I thought that LSU said they were going to beat Alabama every time they saw him. Didn't happen. Demolished, right? Beat down. Uh, exactly the same game that uh, uh, Alabama played against Ohio State. Close in the first half, beat down. Beat down here against Auburn. But I want to talk about the Ole Miss game, okay? The, the, think about the Ole Miss game. You know, like, when you go back and you look at this season, that game turned out to be one of the most incredible football games ever. I mean, really, when you think about it, I mean, like, it was like touchdown, 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 touchdown. Like, like it was almost like Lane Kiffin 
had like he he had like channeled himself into Nick Saban's brain, and no matter what the mood move was that Alabama made on defense, he had the counter for it. You know, I mean, like give the guy a lot of credit, and then they were like, well, maybe he was stealing the play calls, you know, because they, I'm sure they haven't changed. It doesn't even matter if he's stealing the play calls. <laughs> that game was like I, I think that was uh, crazy. You know, what I remember about that game, kind of looking back at Alabama and Ole Miss, is I, I don't know what happened, but the game wasn't – it was supposed to be on ESPN, but there was something happened on ESPN, so they had to put on ESPN too. I didn't catch that notification, so I turned it on like two minutes later, and o Ole Miss is scoring a touchdown on Alabama just like that. They, they drive down the field. Um, look, Lane Kiffin, you know, fantastic coach. I, I put him up there, you know, with some of the best offensive minds. Um, the, I don't know if you saw this on social media, but Lane Kiffin was at in Miami last night, of course. He has a suite. He's surrounded by former Alabama Crimson Tide members. He's with Jalen Hurts. He's with Raekwon Davis. He's just enjoying himself. <laughs> and, and, and he tweets and he's like always like, you know, uh, go get the natty, uh, roll tide. And then he's like, you know, at Ole Miss football, at Alabama football. He knows what he's doing. I mean, uh, and to see him at Ole Miss, I think, you know, he's going to continue to do a great job there. Uh, he already got a big time quarterback in uh, Blake, Bro uh, Blake Brock. Uh, who is it? Uh, Luke Altmire, I think is his name, um, to follow uh, Matt Corral, who I think had a great season. So, um, yeah, Lane Kiffin definitely doing his thing, knows what he's doing on social media for sure. Well, it's been a fun season nonetheless. And that Lane Kiffin, I mean, like to think that Lane Kiffin really had just about the perfect game plan against Alabama. And give the Tide credit because even against Lane Kiffin and his game plan, they were still able to come out with the victory. So, well, look, Kyle, it's been a lot of fun talking about it. What do you have on tap for everyone at uh, BamaInsider.com and what's coming up this week on our channel? Yeah, well, we have tons of stuff, you know, I think in, in this market, like the season just doesn't end. I mean, the season just gets more interesting. So um, now what we're, we are tracking is you have until January 18th to figure out which players are going to go uh, declare for the NFL draft or not. Um, then you kind of start to look ahead at the early enrollees. There's going to be, I think, 12 or 13 guys that are enrolling early at Alabama. So we'll have more information on that. The fourth quarter program, believe it or not, starts at the end of this month uh, for January. And that's when players just work with Dr. Uh, David Ballou and Matt Ray. Um, those freshmen get really acclimated to this college level. Uh, more of that in February. There's uh, one signee that we're kind of waiting on, and that will be Kamar Wheaton, who's a running back. And then you turn into uh, March, and you start to look at the NFL Combine, which could potentially be postponed. Um, Nick Saban said today he's, he didn't even know if they're going to have spring practice or not just because of everything that's going on. So hopefully at some point we can get back on track, but um, there's plenty to, to go over and um, you know we're still trying to figure out which guys are going to come back for 2021. Now, this is very important to understand everyone out there. Okay. You, you hear about the blanket NCAA blanket waiver. Let me explain this real quick. So this year, the NCAA said, look, all seniors because of this year, can come back. Now, does that add on to uh, or count against the scholarships of the 85 limit? No, it does not. So for example, let's say Alabama has 85 scholarships after, you know, kind of the dust has settled and Brian Robinson wants to come back. Well, that doesn't add 86 scholarships. That just means that Brian Robinson and let's say a Ben Davis, if those guys come back, they can just come back as seniors. So um, there's a lot of moving parts and we'll continue to explain that as we go forward. But um, no, Brian Robinson is a senior. 
So um, he's a senior. Chris Owens is a senior. The, the only one that you probably don't know about uh, that you might think is a senior is Mac Jones. He's only a redshirt junior. So I, I get frequent questions, but I explain a lot of that back at Bama Insider. So uh, plenty to go over, and we'll continue to track, you know, which guys are leaving, which guys are coming, early enrollees, and kind of get you geared up for the NFL draft, NFL combine, all that stuff back at Bama Insider. Well, we appreciate all of you guys for hanging out with us tonight. And as we ask you, please subscribe to our channel. Give us a thumbs up. We really appreciate it. And uh, check out Bama Insider, whether it's the YouTube channel or the website or Facebook, because we're always going to have you covered with the latest information on the Crimson Tide, 52 to 24. Nick, I have one more thing. One more one thing more. I forgot to add is uh, coaching changes as well. Um, Steve Sarkeesian, as you know, took the job uh, at Texas, and kind of there's some smoke right now that Kyle Flood could be joining him. He's the offensive line coach. So that's another thing that we track back at Bama Insider is kind of the coaching changes. So a lot of different things going on. So sorry to interrupt, Nick, but I just want to make sure that everybody out there knows kind of, you know, the, the game plan going forward. <laughs> Well, appreciate it, Kyle. Well, guys, look, subscribe to the channel. Give us a thumbs up. And if you missed the show, it'll be available. You can go right back and watch it uh, and uh, from its entirety. So for Kyle Henderson, I'm Mick Gillespie. Thanks for watching, guys. Roll Tide.